This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hi, I'm Don Brody, a comedian with a history degree and the host of the podcast Hilf. History I'd like to fuck. Each episode, I am joined by a new guest who has brought me a subject from history that they want to know more about. Then I hit the books, I dig deep in the annals, and stimulate. (laughs) We've covered Frankenstein, Houdini, Joan of Arc, Pompeii, the Salem witch trials, right? Join us and find out for yourself that history is a party and everybody's coming. I got a lot of fucking choice things to say. You say whatever you want. I'm I'm done being like literally. I'm I'm fucking. Nice squeaky farts today, so they might get picked up. That's great. Like, if I didn't have, like, a regular job, I probably could have put on, uh, put together a, a, like, a best of video for us, and it'll be 90% of you to fucking rip. It would be. That's not my fault. I mean... No, no, it's not your fault. It's the beans that you eat out of the tin can on the fucking burning homeless fire that you have. Because yeah. we're coming into the winter, and I'm sure your heat is <laughs> no. yeah. You and your husband just have a fucking trash can fire in the middle of your living room. Yeah, it's you supposed know. to be this Saturday. I gotta with with a bunch of uh, with the poor dogs ni- and the 19, dogs. 1950s <laughs> doo wop singers in the middle of it, like ooh wop. Hello and welcome to another episode of In a Pickle, the show that is dedicated to the less glamorous side of sports. I am your host, Dave Houghton, and with me today, making some silly faces, but not in the mirror, Sarah Raytalic. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Hi. It is you that I'm looking for to do this show with. (laughs) Take a look at me now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was, that, that's... Uh, Phil Collins. I don't know. I'd rather listen to Phil Collins. What? No, listen to Phil Collins. I don't know. I've been feeling Phil Collins lately. He came on Spotify and I was like, oh, snap. I forgot about Phil Collins. Him and Paul Simon. I don't know. I don't think about He created the Genesis. Sega Genesis. Oh, God. We already did this fucking We already did this. We We did this this joke. Yeah. We already did this joke, okay? I don't know. Unbelievable. I was on it. Then I went on a Paul Simon kick and was like, you can call me. Yeah, you could definitely call him, call yeah. me out. You can call me anything. Uh, just don't call me late for the dinner and the show. So. Oh well, right. you've been late for the show, so. I'm late for I. You know, so. Because there's like a 99 percent chance that I might not make it through the night. Okay. Oh, well, that's good. That's reassuring. Yeah, I mean, it, this is the only reason why I brought you onto the show because it's eventually going to be yours. I don't want this shit. Come on. Come on. It's a great shell company that we can just clear our taxes from. And we could just, it's fine. Just everything's a write-off. Everything's a write-off. Yeah. The gas in your car to go to your actual job, write-off. The internet bill, write-off. That's it. The watch party that you're going to pay for, write-off. Everything. So you're telling me if I travel around the country to go see make believe friends and go to all of these sports and sports games, I can write that off if you can under write our shell off. company. Under our shell company. As long as you say it's for a business that you make pretend to do yeah, stuff but in. Under our shell company, I have your authorization. Is this one of those tests where you're gonna put me you're gonna send this <laughs> file to you're, the IRS? You're the one that's recording it, so I have no ex- access to this. Ah, the tables were turned again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, write it all off. Fuck Hold it. on, let me get my let me get my phone. Let me record. <laughs> I'll just send you the I'll, I'll send you this clip. That's fine. Yeah, commit tax fraud, everybody. That's it. IRS, if you're listening, please shut us off. 
But if the rest of you are listening, we got some rewinds today. Uh, the curse of the rewind. But uh, I mean, these rewinds are pretty all right because. Yeah, these rewinds follow up. Yeah, like they follow up things that happened and they right. might not have uh, right you know, where they are right now. They might not have any more juice to the story. So so hit us with the first one. Uh, the first one, we will quickly rewind last week's rewind. Oh, a rewind to a rewind. Rewind to a rewind. Wow. So last week we were discussing uh, Julio Arias and all of his, you know, shit and went into detail about what has been discussed, analyzed through the video, through all this and that. Well, after the show aired at that time for us, Julio Urias failed to show up to court. Now, we were both kind of like, wait a minute, like he didn't go to court? Like, what the fuck? However, because there is no formal against him and the victim also has not put a formal accusation against him. Urias was not required to appear in front of the judge. So, you know, right now it's just basically the state and all of that figuring out all this crap. And I'm right. sure we'll see more stuff as it comes out. Because right now a lot of things are under wraps. And I just saw another news article that was had police telephone numbers and email addresses attached to it so that if you have any inform any more information you have been there you were there you saw something please call them i'm just not upset but like kind of mad that the video hasn't surfaced yet now it won't yet until until this is gonna be figured out yeah but his his wife girlfriend whatever whatever she was she's not gonna press charges no no so it has to be the state going after him. I don't know. It just seems like it's dead in the water. Honestly, like another, another abuse case that goes unnoticed, I guess. If that's the case on the legal standpoint, I really hope that the MLB holds it, holds tried and true. Now that they've already removed all of his crap from the stadium, all this and that, like, I really hope that they're just like, yeah, it's it's been real. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a 99.9% chance that he'll never be in the MLB again. Here's hoping. And, and I mean, you can't say 100 because there's always that little glimmer of a team that will be like, we'll let this cool off for a few years. And then all of a sudden, you know, guess who's on our team? Guess who's on the Boston Red Sox? Because oh, they need God. pitching. You know, it's something stupid like that, though. That's the problem. It's, it's true, though. You You're know? not wrong on that. You know, they'll give it a they'll give it a year or, you know, the MLB will come out and suspend him for uh, a year or so. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, one year slap on the wrist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come back. Like nothing happened at all. No, I I, I mean, who knows, though? It's I'm here's hoping that he won't ever come back and play. But you just can't you can't say 100 anymore for anything. Yeah. You know, because no. there's a strong possibility that Trevor Bauer will be back soon. I mean, anything gotta, is possible. Gotta love those Dodgers. Yeah. You know, I don't think he'll go back to the Dodgers, but. Oh, no. But they're producing some high quality people. Well, you know, they're fans, they're team, they're, it's all a, it's all a shell. So anyways, what else we got in the rewind? All right. Now, almost a year ago. I went back and looked. It was October 30th. Ah. I made sure I got the date. October 30th, 2023 was when we discussed. It was that week. We discussed Joshua Primo. He was our biggest pickle for that week's show. Uh, and that was for exposing himself to the Spurs female sports psychiatrist. Wow, that was a mouthful to say. <laughs> That's like Spurs, Spurs, yeah. Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. What if, I know we've already discussed this last year. What a person to expose yourself to. Of all the people. Of all the people in that organization. You couldn't find someone's secretary to just be like, ah. you know, right? you, had, you had to show it to it the psychiatrist. To the psychiatrist. <laughs> My question is, is was he like, oh, 
you know, I've got this and it's really bothering me and affecting me mentally. And then he's like, surprise, yeah. you know, like I got this, this ingrown hiss, surprise. I got like, this bulge in my pants. Can you take a look at it? And she's like, I'm surprise. not that kind of, I'm not that kind of doctor. I'm actually a psychiatrist. I work with your mental health. And he's like, ah, oh. so you work with my head, right? What about this head? <laughs> you know, it's like, I, it's, I, I'm just you saying, don't know. You don't this know. Is probably, what... this probably happened. This we're just reenacting right, what right. happened in the office. Ay ay ay. And then she's just like straight face. She just looks at him and go, the fuck out of my office. Yeah. And he's like, What do I do with this? <laughs> oh right. man. So four game suspension from the NBA. Yes. He's after. off the Spurs. But yeah, yeah it's go. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> after I saw the post about the four game suspension, cause he was released by the Spurs last year. He didn't play. No, not at all. It was at all. And it was one of those where I was like, well, why are they even suspending him? Who would pick him up? And then dun, 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 the Clippers, another LA team the producing Clippers. such great talent. <laughs> Unbelievable. Come to L.A. You can show your dick, beat your wife, and do whatever you want here in L.A. That I, I think, think that, that should be L.A. That's going to be the slogan. Yeah, come on down. Yeah. Well, they'll fucking take you. Come on. So four games. Four games. Without um, pay. Was... Oh, yeah. Without pay. Ooh. I know, wow. right? Yeah. What's what's that? What I mean. He's just going to do... expose himself, and someone's going to throw quarters at him. <laughs> I, got my, I got my money now. Right? <laughs> He can go on OnlyFans and and make his money back for those four games. All right, so Josh Primo exposing himself and getting four-game suspension is going to cost him $202,000 just because he showed himself to his psychiatrist. $202,000. He makes $50,000 a game, uh, $50,000 and change, right? So exposing yourself and getting a four-game suspension has now cost you $202,000. $202,161 for showing someone your downstairs mix-up. So, good job, Josh Primo. We're all proud of you. Let's see how long he lasts yeah. with the Clippers and in the NBA. Because obviously he has a problem, right? He Obviously he has a problem. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. like, let me show you my dingling. Right. Like... Mentally, no one does that unless you, you have something going on. I don't know, but here's what's interesting is now he's going to be in L.A. So will we then see him on the, you know, Skid Walk Row of Fame? We'll see him on Skid Row. Right? <laughs> I love that you said Skid Row and I said Walk of Fame because I was going to say he'll be in the trench coat going yeah. and then running away. I mean, we he's... have a picture of him in his trench coat on our Instagram. Go we ahead do. and check that out, iepradio.com. Clearly, you could see his pickle. We do. <laughs> it's, uh, but in Skid Row, I feel like somebody would stab him. Uh, yeah, or he'd make, uh, he'd make some good money. Hey, you want to see something? <laughs> I love that that's what we do is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone who opens their trench coat to expose right. himself goes. I think, I think that goes hand in hand with the trench coat. You buy a trench coat and even if you're not naked underneath it, as soon as you take it off to hang it up, you're like, Bleh. and you just put it on the hook for the next day. I, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I think it's a trench coat thing. Whatever. Well. Must be. All right. So. Do we have any more rewinds or is that it? That is all. All right. Let's get to the news. What do we got baking in the news, Oven? Son of a bitch. All Uh right. Las Vegas Raiders veteran defensive lineman Chandler Jones was arrested last week on two separate counts of violation of a domestic violence temporary protection order. He's scheduled to appear in court on December 4th. A day after his arrest, he was then released uh, from the Raiders organization. And there has been a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of growing concern for his mental health due to his behavior on social media. Yeah. Miss. Yeah. yeah. Uh, He has been talking about. A numerous amount of different topics, 
at great lengths, um, several that he has broken down about. Uh, one in particular is Aaron Hernandez's death. Uh, that video has now been taken off of his Twitter and Instagram. However, you can always find it because the interwebs has everything on it. That's true. The other post that was deleted, I don't know if it's still on his ex. I couldn't get or Twitter, whatever the hell it is now. I don't know. I can't handle yeah, I just this. Just call it Twitter. It's just um, easier. it's just easier. The uh, note that he had written in his journal entry, I think, might still be on his Twitter. I don't know. I couldn't get Twitter to load, um, because it hates me. But no, uh, it, Twitter's down every other day. I swear to God. Yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't load. It's like yeah. the absolute worst. When I need it to load the most, it doesn't. Right. So this post was um, a handwritten note that it was like a journal entry. It's a couple pages. We'll have it on our social media like so that you guys can reference it. It was saying that the Las Vegas Police Department took him to the hospital against his will and that they injected him with something. And he's just going on and on about how he called the Raiders GM and he's like trying to get like trying to reach out to people to get him out of this situation it was like yeah what, what so, the fuck did they eject him a truth serum i i don't like, know oh my they god pro- they probably injected him with something to calm him down yeah i'm sure because he's clearly like super and the thing is is he's super like hopped up right. and it's not you know it it seems like the anxiety mixed with like a low case of cte mixed with something else has triggered this like erratic like like super um what's the term i'm looking for um super it's basically high behavior but he's not doing drugs he's just on that uh level of craziness sure clearly there's something wrong with him Headwise, like, yes, again, we're talking about CTE yet Mm -hmm. again. The these players now, Chandler Jones is about uh, what's he about 33? Yes, yeah, yeah. So clearly, he didn't kill Tupac, even though the same day Chandler Jones got picked up, they found Tupac's murderer, Keefe D, even though we all knew 28 years ago, Keefe D Mm -hmm. did it. Um. It, it's just it, it's I, I made that joke the day it happened because it was just it was funny. Some the way it lined up. Yeah, the way the it news. lined up, it was perfect. Like my buddy Brendan sent it to me. And I was like, I'm using this for the show. This is hilarious because it's just funny. You know, Chandler Jones arrested and right underneath it, Tupac's murderer found. And at the same him. time, not <laughs> even him. like it was like they not were even a minute, a minute apart. apart. <laughs> yeah, it was like wild. But uh, clearly. Chandler Jones is is battling something internally in his head. Yeah. You know, to come out on social media uh and and say and just rant about you know, Hernandez and the Raiders and clearly there's there's things, there's underlining issues. I mean, um what what's his name last week? The the one that killed his mom, Sergio Brown. You know, he spouted off saying that like the government killed Bob Marley and, and all this stuff. Like, got We got to get a handle on these on these yeah. people. Like, we have to help these people who have these mental problems because they're going to do harm to themselves and to others. Clearly, with the Sergio Brown case, he did harm to others, and that other being his own mother. You know. Yeah. I mean, even the Hernandez thing, like, you know, he, I know he was acquitted of, of one of the murders, but like he killed uh, four people, mm-hmm. three people and shot another one in the face. But it, it's I why? Why? I And I know the answer. I already know the answer to this. But why isn't the NFL like just doing something? Because it's a what have you done for me lately thing? Yes. Yeah. Um, because they are that organization that will ride them until like they're no longer right. You know, needed. 
there were just they're literally like workhorses yeah you know they run they run they run oh they stud them and then okay we're gonna send you to the glue factory yeah absolutely so it, it there are very few lucky gents who come out of the nfl who are able to sustain a career within the nfl um you know or with being a broadcaster or stuff like that very very few have been able to do that and it's it's not saying that one is smarter than another but it's something that there are a lot of different factors behind that if you have had problems they're probably not going to hire you they don't have a I'm sure they're not going to be like, let's bring on all the defensive linemen to work here right, at the right. the freaking NFL network. Right. They, they definitely um, has to those. I'm sure there's a laundry list of names that have tried out to be commentators or, you know, mm-hmm. analysts and everything. And because they're going to be on TV, they're like heavily vetted. Yeah. You know? And it's not, obviously, it's not from the NFL. It's from the network itself. We're like, we got to make sure these guys aren't going to be like, you know, uh, George Bush did 9-11, you know, in the middle of a a rant, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, there's probably just the list of people that have tried out and have just failed their test. And then, I mean, you see a lot of like analysts, uh, are quarterbacks uh, not uh, not analysts commentators or quarterbacks because they they do take less hits they have their defensive line offensive line to to protect them but you know you watch some of it like especially when Troy Aikman's on TV he's just staring off into oh, the yeah, camera he's, and then he's, that fucking eye of his just detaches and it's like going wherever it wants really see that he's taking many of the hits yeah, you know, Andrew Luck was the best one to just be like, I took a lot of hits. I'm not doing this anymore. Like the hell with yeah, this. Yeah, I'm out. I'm retiring young. Peace. You know, I'm out. That he are... only retired because OJ drafted him on his fantasy team. He was like, I'm out. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, <laughs> I'm out. If you can if you can walk away, if you can walk away, uh, unscathed a little bit at least. Yeah, you know, when you have a good head, you you made some money. You set for life, and I'm just, you know, I played professionally. I didn't win the Super Bowl, but whatever, you know, I'm good. We'll be good. It's a scary sport. I mean, I feel that there's always a struggle, too, if you see with those that do have, like, early set, like, early CTE, that once they do leave the NFL, they have adjustment issues, Yes. Where like they they're adjusting to this everyday life where they don't have this schedule of working out and this and that. And then, you know, they also don't know what to do next. And I think that's right. like with all professional athletes where they do hit this point where they're like, I don't know what to do next. But I find that with football players, it can go really extreme the other way. If they all like they don't have like a hobby or some kind of something set up when they retire. Right. So, you know, right. it could go really bad really fast. And we do see that, you know, here talking about it. Like we see a lot of, you know, family problems, a lot of drinking or whatever it may be. We Drug see abuse, it on Yeah, stuff. we see it on our end where the adjustment is and we're able to track it. It's really it's sad. It sucks. It's what, what's sad. tough about football, though, is when you retire from football, there's only a small place that you can be you you can get an outside job at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm saying like, you know, uh, let's just say ESPN, uh, NBC on on uh, Sunday night football, Amazon Prime for Thursday night football. um. ESPN for for Monday night football, right? And then the the Sunday the Sunday football games, right? Yeah. With other sports, baseball, basketball, hockey, there is the wide net of like the NHL network, the NBA network, the MLB network, and then every team 
has their own thing, you know, right. where it's like for us, it's Nesson and you could be an analyst on Nesson or you can be an analyst on, you know, whatever you can work for the team, but there is no local broadcast for football. It's just a national level. You know, there is no, like if the Patriots are playing the bears, you know, two shit teams, you're not going to get it on, on the side network. You know, it's going to be out there globally. It's it's out in the in the universe, so there is no other outlet besides like a small market for and and I don't mean small market. I I mean yeah. like you know a, a small place to go and work. You know you can go on Fox and be one of five talking heads, but that's that's there's only five jobs there. You know you yeah. What what are you gonna do? Get you yourself got, on a wait list? Old, yeah, you got old heads already out there that are already have that job. You know, and you got to wait for them to retire. And by the time they retire, you're already fucking out to lunch because, you know, you're so lost on what to do. And yeah, the adjustment period is probably the most scariest and toughest thing to do. And a lot of players probably look for other outlets, drugs, alcohol. Uh, they don't know what to do. So they're, you know, they're, they get violent. There's just nothing for these people to do. I, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it's scary, but yet no one's out there to help them, which is right. the scarier well, part. I think that they don't help because they're afraid. Well, they're they're afraid of lawsuits too. The NFL doesn't want to take the the heat on the. Oh, no, we knew about all this. You know, yeah, they don't want anything. They're like, nope, we're gonna, we're, we're just gonna. Yeah, nope. it's like steroids in the eighties. Yeah, brush it under the rug. Like, oh, I don't know about that. No, brush cool. it under the rug because yeah. it benefits you at this time. And if anybody asks about you, you just uh, plead the fifth. Right. One, two, three, four, fifth. I, it's, it's too bad because uh, Chandler Jones is clearly in some need of assistance. All right. What else we got going on today? All right. So... That's it for that. Let's see. Uh, Baltimore Orioles legend Brooks Robinson died at the age of 86. Yeah. Uh, an absolute goat. You know, of course, he was before our time. Right. But I couldn't not highlight these career numbers. Like, I couldn't not. Like, dude was, yeah. This is why he's so praised and... Uh, Baltimore. Uh, career batting average of two six seven. Yep. Career hits two thousand eight hundred and forty eight. Career home runs two hundred and sixty eight. Career RBIs one thousand three hundred and fifty seven. He was an eighteen time All Star. That's eighteen times. Eighteen time All Star. A two-time World Series champ, an AL MVP, a World Series MVP, 16-time gold glove winner. 16-time. And he played 22 seasons. 16. Right. And he won the Roberto Clemente Award. And he won the World Series twice, right? 66 and 1970. Yeah. No. Um, unbelievable career. It's, uh, yes. you know, that's, that's a blow for Baltimore. Also, that is a huge hype game for Baltimore too. Like let's do it for Brooks. Yeah. Now, you know, now that they're, they won 101 games this season. They're, uh, they have the, the buy for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll see who's going to play them. And that could be life altering if Baltimore wins the World Series, you know? I'm here for it. It'll be great. I'm fucking um, here for it. I am on the Baltimore bandwagon. Yeah, absolutely. Beep beep choo choo. Here I am. Let's go. Yeah. I'm Unbelievable. Here for it. Um, so yeah, that was uh that was Bo- Boston actually has a little bit of um a Brooks Robinson lore around it. Boston is where he met his wife, Connie, 
Uh, they met Aww. on a a flight when he was going to um, Kansas City or the, from Kansas City to Boston. Connie was the flight attendant on the United Airlines plane that he was flying on to play the next game. So, oh, that's so cute! A little Boston in there for you. Ah, was it? Uh, was he doing the Wade Boggs challenge? <laughs> I, I believe. Uh, yeah, I know it this was, was before the Wade Boggs challenge. Well, like it that. used to be called the Brooks Robinson challenge, <laughs> <laughs> but Wade Boggs beat. Robinson's record. <laughs> Robinson only had three glasses of bourbon on that flight, and Wade Boggs like, I can drink fifty something beers. <laughs> He's like, that's rookie. <laughs> uh, when you're on a plane, try both challenges. Try the Brooks Robinson challenge. Three glasses of bourbon. I'm pretty sure if you get a long flight, you could probably get that going. Yeah, take uh, a little nap. Yeah. Beer wise, though, I don't think I can afford the Wade Boggs challenge on a flight. But that's why you pack it in the luggage. I don't think you can pack. No, because you can't take more than three three ounces of liquor or three yeah. ounces of liquor. No. Do you remember what they did? They checked the luggage. They got the larger plane. Yeah. And then they put, filled a giant suitcase with beers. And then Mac went down <laughs> right. into right. the down into the hatch. I, you know what? I don't trust that either. I have friends who work on the ramp. Uh, that load the planes and they'd slam the shit out of that bag and bear would be, just everywhere. be everywhere. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not taking responsibility for that broken bag. I will not, <laughs> I will not nope. do that. Not my bag. When the not bag my comes on the conveyor belt and it's just pissing <laughs> beer everywhere. I'm walking away. <laughs> like, sir, is that your bag? No, I never seen nope. that one before. <laughs> nope. nope. But no. it has your picture on it. No, nope. no, nope. not my picture. Nope. nope. Somebody me. put my picture on that bag. Yep. Yeah, you better check their uh, flight That's records. That's when you invest in, like, the full-on hard shell. Yeah. Because yeah. you I'm... have to get... Even then, I still... It's... <sighs> but yeah. that's know. how they managed to do the... Uh, do it cheaply on uh, Always Sunny. Uh, this Frank's is where the, we get... Frank's the money, too, so he can... He can easily pay for all those beers. But people can't tell me I can't fly a plane. People can't tell me I can't drink beers. People can't... Uh, oh, Mantis toboggan. This show is either a Seinfeld reference, an Always Sunny reference, or that that's musical it, right? musical interludes. Oh yeah, yeah. We talk. Uh, yeah, I mean we. This is this is the show to listen to. I don't know. Yeah, I don't if know. You're listening to this show right now. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. So where are we? We're in the biggest pickle. Wow. Already, huh? This big pickle is gonna boil my my biscuit. Mm. So uh, I already you know. You boil a biscuit though. You can boil anything. I don't think if you boil a biscuit, it'll like just fall apart. You could dodge a wrench. You could dodge a ball. Okay. Well, that makes sense, but boiling you a biscuit boil makes... water, you could boil a biscuit. But a biscuit will just disintegrate. Yeah. So when my biscuit is boiled, it will disintegrate. And I'll be like, damn it, where is my biscuit? Because it's been boiled. So it got ruined. Anyways, who is this week's biggest mm. pickle? This week's biggest pickle is Kurt... Shilling. Ah, I hate this guy. I've hated this guy for so long. Mm-hmm. It uh, it didn't matter at all to us. Who like any other athlete could have done something far worse. <laughs> could have yeah. found their family in a fridge. Didn't matter. Uh, Kurt Schilling was going to be our biggest pickle, no matter what. Yeah. Um, because he hit an all-time low. Uh, last week. Hey, I'm sorry. Oh, be, oh, before oh, before go. you before you go, <laughs> just when you think that that's this dude couldn't get any lower, I mean he's already like bottom of the barrel. Oh, he's bottom, yeah. You know, trash. and like the fact that this story has come out, like this is there's always a way to get lower. I guess that's exactly yeah. what. If there's one thing Kurt Schilling proved, it's how to get lower. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. It's serious. I just fucking. I just, I can't like make the words happen where I'm just like I just want to throat punch him. 
Um, so last week on Kurt Schilling's so-called baseball podcast, uh, he released private medical information about Tim Wakefield and Tim Wakefield's wife without their permission. Uh, he admitted on his show that he didn't know if Wakefield wanted the news to be shared, but he said, and I quote, Tim Wakefield is sick. Recently, Tim was diagnosed uh, diagnosed with a very serious, very aggressive form of brain cancer. The situation in Tim's case is incredibly serious, and he went in and had surgery. Schilling also said that Stacy, Tim's wife, is also very sick with pancreatic cancer. Like, uh, he did follow up with saying prayers to them prayers to the family thinking of them this that and the other thing but what the actual fuck yeah right what the fuck like clearly this information they wanted to keep private and they it was a family matter and you found out about it because i'm sure tim tim was like such a nice guy that he probably called you and still considered you family even though you're a shithead and was like hey you know and like they had a conversation because it seems as though everyone found out about this at the same time but he was just the one who decided to tell everyone right you know He, he pretty much released it to the world you know and uh i i don't know is it one of those things and I know this sounds this sounds stupid, but like he had, <clears throat> excuse me, he had no place to release anybody's private medical records, right? No matter right. if it's your friend or not. <laughs> like clearly, I, I I don't know if if they were friends, but I mean they I know they we played don't, we yeah they played we on don't two know. two World Series teams together. They played together from what oh four to oh seven mm-hmm. or oh three to oh seven. Where whenever Schilling came to the, I think it was oh four. But he's got no right to release anything. Wakefield's such a nice guy that he didn't say anything about it, or maybe he couldn't say anything about it. But with the Kurt Schilling thing, is it one of those things where, like, because he himself had cancer back in 2014 when he had throat cancer, like, that you can just say, oh, hey, I had cancer, so I'm going to tell you that he has cancer. I mean, I think it's stupid. I don't think that you should tell anybody's personal shit. I'd be so pissed off. If someone told the general public my personal shit, I mean, at least um, give me the chance to tell people. Right. You know, let it be and your if decision. I, if I'm in, incapacitated and I can't tell people, let my family Correct. put out a, a statement. Correct. You know, who the hell are you to mm-hmm. say anything to anybody? Why? Because now what? Now what, Kurt? You got us fucking you, you fucking got us again. Okay? Now what? Your podcast ratings go through the roof, right? Yeah. Right? Because now he's yeah, I, He's in the limelight now, baby. I didn't know that he had a podcast. Now I do. Should have already yep. guessed it though cuz everybody has a podcast. But I mean, now I know he has a podcast and I'm sure like ratings spiked through the roof since he released that statement and then you know what we're going to talk about later now you know i'm sure it's it's he's having himself a good time with the revenue that he's acquiring it's, from this it's not okay and no it's not okay it's not okay I, at all if he uh, everyone was pissed everyone from top to bottom in the red sox organization Anyone who had affiliation with the Red Sox organization, anyone who's friends with Tim, anyone who's family with Tim, anyone, everyone fucking lost their shit. Right. Like, I wouldn't put it past Jason Veritek's wife to shank Kurt Schilling. The fact that, like, you know, I've never seen those words come from her where it was like on Twitter. It was like, fuck you, Kurt Schilling. Right. Right. I never, ever from Jason Veritek's wife have seen anything like that. And that's just what happened. Like, this is not your place. This is not okay. 
you know, and and clearly Jason Veritex, Jason Veritex's wife knew what was going on, anyways, because Jason and Tim are friends. But what the fuck? I mean, you what you the broke fuck? this news without the family's permission. Without the family's permission. Who are you? You know what's funny though? Like it's like a life imitating art thing with him. He's had so much backlash from the media throughout his career. He's always had a hair across his ass with everybody who's written a bad thing about him, right? Yeah. And he's he's obviously he had that problem in Rhode Island where he bankrupted Rhode Island <laughs> with when when they gave him thirty million dollars to develop a game that never came out, and he just took that money and ran. And like now he's on a podcast, or now he has his own podcast, and he's breaking this kind of news. And now the backlash that's going against him because of what he did. I mean, take a look at yourself in the mirror, man. Like, seriously, what bullshit right? What what right do you have to tell anybody's bullshit out there? Like, I'd be I'd I'd be pissed. I would. I you know. I mean, here's here's where I. It is one thing for you to release the information of your former teammate. Okay, like you. You fuck you you done fucked up there by doing that. Yeah. But then to also release the stuff about his wife is yeah. not like let's get into that. Like, yeah. That like, don't talk that's... about my family. Don't talk about my wife. Get out that of here. was what like the whole thing sent me over the edge. But like, what is your relationship with her? Why do you feel that it is okay for you to discuss her? Right. And, and like it, that. You know, you already fucking set yourself on fire by talking about Tim when he he nor his family wanted you to do so, but then to discuss his wife. Right. It's not okay. You you that is so disrespectful to him, to what he's going through, like what the family's going through. I mean, the whole thing is disrespectful, but it could have I can't say it could have been better. It's just like he just made it even worse. Right. By bringing in Stacy's right. situation, which really, oh, right. so fucking, I hate him so much. Hey, I mean, that was the last time there was real ketchup at Fenway was when he put it inside of his sock. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I need to make a joke about dark situations, but the worst part of all of this is he releases this statement and then what happens next? Yeah. Three days later, Tim Wakefield dies. <laughs> Not. Not that it's Kurt Schilling's fault. We're not saying that Kurt Schilling no, killed Tim Wakefield. No, he did Wakefield. not kill Tim Wakefield. He did not kill him at all. But, I mean, but, it, it's ugh. it's one of those things where it's like you couldn't have timed this. It, it's, almost, it's almost like he did time this where, like, he knew. Maybe he sat on this. I, I, I don't want to accuse him of anything because if we we're do making have. A, well, of course, we're making assumptions based on but, it. But if we do have future guests that come from this organization and this timeline of people. I, I don't want to accuse anybody of anything. And, and right. I'm just, all I'm saying is that like, you know, you release the statement on the, the 28th of September that he, that he's got brain cancer. Right. And then on October 1st, Tim Wakefield's he dies. Were you sitting on this information knowing that he only had a few days to live and that if I release it today and he dies tomorrow, money in the bank. I, I don't know. And I'm just saying this because I personally I think Kurt Schilling is a con artist and he's a scammer. He's and a, he's, a, he's a piece of he's shit. Selfish. He's so and he's selfish. very selfish. And he, he 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 let's be honest. I don't think he gave a shit about Tim Wakefield. No. I don't think because if you gave no. a shit about your friends, if you gave a shit about your friends, your so called friends, you wouldn't release any personal information about no. your friend or your friend's family. Right. You know and and the you saw unless I have a written statement from you saying yes, you can release this. If I, if you were sick, Sarah, and you were like, yeah. I don't have the energy or the mental capability of even pondering telling anybody who listens to this show that I'm I'm sick. Can you release this statement for me? And I, I would be like. Yes, but Writing. I need I need you to yeah. sign off on this. You know. Oh yeah. Because I don't want any backlash from this, you know. Absolutely. You know, it, it's it's a yes. If, if Tim Wakefield was like, I want Kurt Schilling to come out and say this, 
it, it it's the best avenue because he's a former teammate and he has a podcast. I don't know uh, too many former. Yeah, but why would why would you choose I, that I know, crazy know, sob? I'm just saying, maybe you'd have to like really look at it. But like the former teammates of Tim Wakefield's that have a podcast, I I don't know. I'm sure there's plenty, but you know, a a, a well known name like Schilling. You know, maybe it was that. But if Tim Wakefield said, I need, I want you to release this. It's a different then that's, story. That's a different story. This but, is not... but you release my shit. Right. My you don't talk shit. about my family. Don't, don't talk, talk about, about my, my family. Yeah. Don't. Don't talk about her. The, the thing that made me go, huh, was in the light of everything that happened, of course, now based off of what transpired. You know, all of the Red Sox uh, players and his teammates are po- making posts. And Pedro posted that he just saw Tim last week. Right. And, you know, he was there with him and he was ready to go through it with him. The long, like he was ready. So, you know, I'm trying to, and like, of course, I'm making assumptions here, but I'm guessing that Pedro went to see him and they had a conversation about it and face to face. And Pedro was like, I'm here, you know? Right. And then it kind of lines up with the timeline where Kurt Schilling would then have found out and release it. That right. like, it must've been something that was so quick. I mean, we don't know. We're making assumptions and speculations here, but right, right. it was definitely something that was so quick and they were going to treat it as quickly as they could, but it, it's 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 a bad it's a hard blow for the Red Sox. Tim Wakefield was like he was a solid dude. I don't I don't know him on a personal level, but mm-hmm. you know uh, we had talked about you know our favorite Tim Wakefield moments, and when my really good friend Mike was battling cancer, I, I I've told the story a, a bunch of times and. Uh, when he was battling cancer, I went on Cameo, and I asked Papelbon, but he wasn't in town, and I asked Wakefield, and he, he went out, and I got the response back so fast. Yeah. You know, like, it was one of those things. And I still have the video, and I, I, I'm i going <laughs> to, because I don't want to be a Wakefield, even though, like, you know, Mike has since passed away, mm-hmm. and uh, um, it was a personal video for Mike that Tim Wakefield did, but I'm going to... Ask Mike's wife if I can post Tim Wakefield's video on our story, so I, you know, people can see it. And because uh, I, I don't want to be a shilling and just post. No, it, you, you know, can't. Oh, even though it uh, makes me, like tear up over here. I hate yeah, you. even though everybody already knows that Mike had passed away, and yeah, you know, but um, I, I just well, I don't want, I don't want to be <laughs> I don't want to be no, that guy. Don't don't be that guy. You know? I can't I can't be friends with you if you're that guy. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, uh and. Tim Wakefield was so big with uh within like the cancer community. It wasn't right. just like yes, he worked with the Jimmy Fund and he did a lot with the Jimmy Fund, but he spent a lot of his free time at Dana Farber. Right. And he spent a lot of time and the thing that I I appreciate even more so is that he didn't just spend his time in the pediatrics or with the kids and the teenage. He actually like sat with a lot of the adults. Right. Going through cancer, which a lot of players don't always do they always go and see the kids and this and that but you know a lot of the times in the world of being an adult with cancer you can enter a lot of dark places and for him to go and just hang out and talk baseball with these grown men and women and just talk about whatever it is like that's you know he just ugh. yeah what a huge uh, loss to just the community to Nesson. I mean, it's been hard enough watching Nesson because the Red Sox are so bad, but Yeah, that's true. No no Rem Dog, no Eck, and now no Timmy. Like I think Eckersley should come back and just help us out a little. Just help. It's just yeah. The team hasn't been doing good since Eckersley retired, I'm just gonna say. And I'm not saying retired from playing. I'm retired from 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 com yeah yeah this is very true from commentating uh uh no. i don't know yeah so what's uh you know tim wakefield what is your favorite tim wakefield moment like what My? if you think 
yeah, like if you think of a, a moment in baseball, Tim Wakefield related history, what's the best moment? Uh, I mean, I I mean, it, it goes back to like what I just said about the the cameo. I mean, that's that's my yeah. personal favorite. Uh, playing wise, um, I really, <laughs> I really love the fact, and I I know you wrote this in, in, the, <laughs> in the thing, and I really enjoy the fact that. Doug Marabelli had to be helicoptered in. Helicoptered <laughs> in. Doug Marabelli was Tim Wakefield's personal catcher. The yep. only catcher in the universe that can catch a knuckleballer. Yep. And I know Veritech tried it many of the times and could not fathom what these knuckleballs are. And he was like, <laughs> I've caught many of the games. And like, I, I just picture Veritech <laughs> going, what the fuck is this? I've, I've caught four no-hitters. I've won every World Series imaginable, Little League, college, professional. Professional. <laughs> I can't catch this knuckleball. You need to get Doug Marabelli back here. And the, the fact that they helicopter this fucking <laughs> dude in, and then there's a convoy of police cars and police motorcycles, yeah. and they're all bringing a subpar one game a week catcher who to- maybe hit five home runs in his entire career just to catch Wakefield and then it, it it's the greatest game ever because Seriously. it was the greatest lead up to it like just I remember just watching the news and watching the convoy of police escort Marabelli back to Fenway and it's like you traded this guy away and then be like oh my god we need him and then like, you trade him back yeah with the same yeah. guy you're like nah Change, we're changing yeah. our mind here. We and, we and screwed out. up. Take yeah. this one back, please. <laughs> but you know, and Marabelli running out of the the freaking cop car in his oh uniform to get inside, and that just that just shows how special of a pitcher Tim Wakefield was. And right. I mean, we know that he didn't start his career as a pitcher, but he was just fucking around with the the knuckleball, and you know, he became a pitcher. Right, and the nut he owned the knuckleball there's not many pitchers that we've even seen in our lifetime since tim wakefield that uh have mastered the knuckleball but are there any knuckleballers out there now not that i've seen i mean i I haven't seen any like i don't i I don't know i'm sure there's one or two guys that are trying to attempt it but everything i've seen nothing like wakefield oh nothing Everything's all speed and fastballs yeah. now, but like that knuckleball, you had to have a but your your catcher had to come in. But yeah, it's um like that's loss. that's what it is. You were such a special kind of pitcher that mm-hmm. you needed your own catcher that was just for you. Just for you. Yeah. Like, that I mean you that in itself is amazing. Special kind of pitcher special kind of player you think the pirates kick themselves in the asses every day because they let wakefield go i mean for what what he went on to accomplish i mean you know i mean wakefield was a a, a good pitcher you know what 200 wins 180 losses he uh i I think he was only uh he had like 2,000 strikeouts or 2,100 strikeouts he was only a few hundred yeah he was, he was um, only a few from uh, breaking the record, right? Roger Clemens' yeah. record. I mean, he only made the the All Star game once in 2009, but he's a two time World Series winner, and of course, he's in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. And I got to tell you, if the Red Sox, if they don't do retire not, his number this season, do not retire his number this season, I will lose my shit. It is complete bullshit. Now, shit. I know the Red Sox have this weird thing with retiring numbers but tim wakefield is a two-time world series winner he ended his career in boston so he was here for 17 years right Right. 17 years right he didn't want to go anywhere else he even took like pay cuts to stay here he even cut himself off the 07 world series so other people can benefit from it right he was the Come on. He was that kind of guy who he didn't want to leave Boston. He was about this community. He was about the people. He was about that being part of the team. 
That's right. why he took the pay cuts. That's why he cut himself off the roster. He was more about that. Like, if they don't, and the fact that he was chairman for your Jimmy Fund, he was, like, honorary chairman. He was, like, all sorts of stuff. Like, I don't understand how they couldn't, like, not do it this season. Like, how right. you have to do it. Like, you he, 17 years with this organization, he went to Nesson after and he's part of a broadcast family like you you can't not right. retire this man's number for this city the city deserves that like right. everyone here you know here in Boston has really felt the blow like it's not that we all knew him personally but he was so influential to everyone yeah for the man that he was what he did in the community you know he came he, Yes, everyone, you know, before he passed, everyone's like, oh, the boon shot that he did in 03, you know, but he in 04, he was able to say, fuck you, fuck that. We're we and he did some great shit. It's just right. uh, Yeah. Retire 49. That's it. Do it. They have to. They have to. They have to. You spent that long on this team, in this community. You did a lot for the community. He he met his wife here. I mean, this town should honor Wakefield by mm-hmm. retiring his number. I mean, last night, City Hall had Red Sox. The, around City Hall, the lights were all red and blue and white. Right. Like, all red and you know, Red Sox colors. Yeah. Honoring him. I think they put the flag at half-mast. Like... It's it's that just shows how influential and a big part of this community he was. So they need to fucking do the right thing this upcoming season. All right. And with that being said, uh, that's the end of the show. So, yeah, uh, we're going to stop. We're going to stop here because Sarah needs to go get some more tissues. Yeah. Oh, it's emotional. You know, I understand, though. It's, it's you know, our our thoughts to. Thoughts and prayers to Stacy and the kids and all of the Red Sox family. Of so many people that I had in the death pool before Tim Wakefield. Like, I'm so yeah. mad. Yeah. Ah. All right. So thanks for listening to this episode. Go over to IEPRadio.com and check out all of our stuff. Instagram, uh, TikTok, X, Threads, YouTubes. Go and like and subscribe oh, the to tubes. YouTube. The tubes. The Go tubes. to the tubes. The tubes. Uh, give this show a rate and review. Boost us up the charts. Boop, boop, not, boop, 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 not for our egos, because I couldn't get any lower in my life than how I feel lately. Uh, do it for the show. Do it for the show. Let people hear this show. Let other people like, yeah. share, subscribe, do things. Tell your friends. Tell all your friends. Uh, go over to the deluxe edition network.com and check out the podcast of the month this month and all the other great shows that are on the deluxe edition network sarah's favorite show on the deluxe edition network is hilt right yes it is history i like the fuck that's it is my favorite yeah that's a good show uh go check out our friends at s1e1pod.com what else do we have any other friends that have podcasts i'm sure we do but... <laughs> i have no friends yeah I, no well i'm your friend sarah that's oh yeah you i got you but like that's because we're contractually obligated to our shell corporation in order to be friends. Yes, yeah. exactly. I'm going to write that off in my taxes. <laughs> friendship. That's what I'm going to write off. Shit ain't free. Nope. It costs money to be here. That's for sure. All I'm doing is sitting in my garage. All right. Uh, of course, follow Sarah at Daddy O Sports Cards on Instagram where you can find all of her cool baseball cards. And you know what? Go in our friends list and follow all of our friends. We've got some great friends out there. We do, especially uh, our anniversary episode. We had all those, uh, all of our friends out there. And all those videos have been posted. The five uh, greatest downfalls in sports history. Go over to YouTube and check those out. And uh, yeah, listen to us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Yeah, that's what we do. That's it. We're here. So, for Sarah Retallick, I'm Dave Oten, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, Nick here from the S1E1 podcast. 
Each week, we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and ignoring anything we may know about the future run of that series, decide if it's a show that we want to greenlight or cancel. We very seriously dissect TV shows for no reason at all. I gotta pee. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> old timey. Ah, I got a freaking side of my show. You should about? know because right now you're dressed like a London DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward, unless there's anything else depressing about my life you want to bring up. That's impressive to find that many bad shows. Who's Boner? I don't even know what a Banksy is. Catch us each week wherever you listen to podcasts and visit us at s1e1pod.com for links to everywhere you can find us.